There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tim, I was actually really excited to be able to have this chat to you today. You've been part of Move Your Mind with me from the beginning. We've been through a lot of ups and downs and it's been an interesting time because we've built this whole thing during COVID. So uh, yeah, it's really great to be able to have this chat with you and us discuss you know, what we've been through, how this show came about and what we're doing. Yeah, this is pretty fun. Um, I'm also glad that we're doing this. Uh, you're right. It, it, was, it was very interesting to just like start on this project from the very beginning because we've only met in real life like three times I think over um, the past since like March I don't know how many months that is but uh yeah it's, it's been very good to just like have this project going on also to keep ourselves busy during lockdown where we have to stay home this whole time um oh massively yeah it's um it was very very good to just like be introduced to you and work on something that now I'm happy like to say that like, I'm passionate for I'm aware of how important mental health is I'm aware of um of a lot of things regarding it but it's just something like you know it was I always saw that from like an exterior point of view and now that I work for it now that I have like you know ton of knowledge about it still but now I'm able to just like witness a lot of people's stories working on this um, to just like give a bit of context, I am in charge of the editing of the show and I am the one in charge of making sure that everyone sounds good, especially Nick. I make sure that um, Nick doesn't stutter too much or doesn't repeat himself too much. Uh, we're still working on that. <laughs> and um, yeah, also I have a bit of an overview on the content that makes it to the episode. If there's anything that needs to be cut out of the discussion for whatever reason, um, yeah, I'm the guy for that. So anyone listening to this, what you can basically take out of this is without Tim, this show would just be a dog's breakfast and uh, you'd hear me rambling, stuttering, muttering words. So Tim's very, you know, he's amazing at what he does and um, you're amazing. I'm talking about you like you're not here. Tim is amazing at what he does. And Thanks. You're amazing at what you do, mate. Um, he also has and- to be nice to me because otherwise I can make him say anything I want by just like cutting audio around. It's a very good point. I'm going to just suck up to you all for this whole <laughs> this chat. This is actually all blackmail. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can use it as blackmail. No, but it's been like you were saying. I think for me, that's been um, one of the best things about this podcast: being able mm. to. I mean, I've come back from overseas for this period, and looking at going back soon, and yeah. um, being able to have this project and something meaningful to work on, and something to really, you know, like you said, we've only we're in the same city right now and we've still only met a handful of times because of the restrictions, but uh, it's been so great to be able to use technology and use this time to do something productive like this and have some really interesting conversations. And it's been a huge learning process for me as well um, about this whole production side of things. And um, yeah, yeah, it's been really, I think it's just been really a good uh, healthy thing to work on during this crazy period. It really has. It really has. For me, especially, 
I mean, so before I was involved in this project, I was doing a lot of just like, you know, admin work and, and sales and advertisement and things like that. I had like an office job and then everything just went down with the pandemic. So in terms of history, I always was doing like, you know, audio editing for fun and like producing and things. I would so like play a lot with music on my computer. And when there was this idea of a podcast that was brought to me, I that was very, very exciting for me because it was literally just like an occasion for me to an opportunity for me to really combine together something that I have a lot of interest for and an actual like job basically. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the, this whole idea of you have to work for something that you fully enjoy. That was like the first time for me that this was properly applied in all aspects. Yeah. That was yeah. really good. Yeah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? It's sort of getting to do producing work that you love doing, but then a project that has meaning as well. You know, we're getting to mm. talk to all these really interesting people and, yeah. um, I'm sure, you know, soon we'll be getting some even bigger and more interesting people. We sure are trying. <laughs> we're trying. We're working on it. Uh, yep. We're, we're doing the very best we can. And no, we, we will be bringing on some bigger guests. You know, that's the, the cool thing about what we've learned with technology. I mean, even if it wasn't COVID, to be able to do a podcast like this where we're running interviews every week with people all over the world, it literally wouldn't be possible without technology and things like Zoom and um, you know, the ability to just connect with people everywhere and, and do it. So it's um, mm. it's been good and it's been an interesting process, I guess, us yeah. like managing managing all of that and, you know, using that to our advantage. If you think about it for a second, sometimes like I really think about it and I'm like, it's almost coincidental the way all of a sudden out of nowhere, I mean like, you know, technically on the timeline out of nowhere, we all of a sudden have to face this crisis world crisis where we all have to stay home but at the same time we literally just achieve the point and again in terms of history we just achieve the moment where we have all these tools to allow us to still do so much at home granted we have a computer or a phone or internet connection mm-hmm. like even even things like um food delivery delivery services things that can be taken care of over the internet all of that i think is such an awesome timing in a way that uh, we're able to have so many tools from home in our pocket, literally. It's amazing. Exactly. It is cra- like if this happened even 10 years ago, mm. we wouldn't have had the same ability that we have now. It's interesting that it has happened at this time. And what it's also done is because the technology is there, it's really fast tracked what would have probably happened in society and the way we interact and work and the way a lot of work is conducted. It's been fast tracked almost by probably yeah. 10 years you know, all these processes that would have changed now, it's become very commonplace to be able to do things uh, from home and through the internet when it would have taken companies and, you know, people psychologically to get their yeah, mind around the idea yeah. of doing it. Yeah, it would have taken a lot longer. So it's, it's, um, it is interesting that it's happened at that time. And I guess we're lucky, aren't we, that we have technology available. We are lucky. We really are lucky. Uh, especially for us, like in Australia, we are in a country that is well-developed and, it's lucky, but also thankful, you know, that we, yeah, we are in a developed place. We are, you and I are in a home where we have, you know, we have supermarkets close from us and we have communication and communication is when we talk about like that kind of technology that's so present now and helpful communication is to be the number one for so many things. And I'm sure it is for you as well. Communications, 
everything. And the next best thing to, you know, seeing someone in real life is being able to do a phone call or connect over Zoom or whatever, FaceTime or whatever people use. Mm-hmm. You know, communication's everything. If we're not communicating, then life can be pretty tough. A big part, again, about this podcast, it's really to um, teach people, to just show that, you know, we're talking honestly and openly to all these different people, whether they be a wellness expert or a celebrity or a movie star or a singer or whatever, but actually having them talk openly and honestly about their life. When we haven't met them ever. Yeah. I mean, like some of them you had like, you know, you had contact with them before, but like none of the guests that we've had so far, we none of them we've met in person, face to face. That's true. None of them, yeah. because we've recorded them all remotely. So All of them. Um, and you can't tell because I'm very good at my job. That's it. <laughs> you make it sound seamless. Yeah, what would I do <laughs> without you? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't tell. You blend it together very well. But yeah, that's it's an interesting thing. I didn't even, you know, you don't really think about it, but it's weird. And and that's this is that's the thing I personally am loving about doing the podcasting the, the most. The thing for me is you just get to have these interesting conversations with people and mm. it's a very hyper-focused conversation for that one hour um, where you're so immersed in it and you're not thinking about anything else. You're just engaged in this conversation. And and I've just noticed, you know, doing the podcast, every time I finish finish an interview, I feel like I'm on a high because I've just mm. be, feel so, you know, you've, you've turned your brain off and just focused on this person and learnt from them. And, you're so involved, yeah feel involved and engaged you know you feel like you're really absolutely connecting with someone yeah at at a time where we're all staying at home it is very um it's it's a joy to really like listen to so many experiences and facts from people about subjects like mental health and isolation yeah because at a time where we're so isolated physically um it's such a it's very awesome to have like this source of insight also stories so many of the guests that we've had are have amazing stories i'm thinking for example of manu feldell who was saying how initially he he didn't start from the bottom but he had like a lot of lows in his life and managed to just like do so much with so little and then just like be the person he is now with so much success and um yeah it's very inspiring to listen to all these stories Massively, yeah. Manu had an amazing story, and I guess you guys have a bit in common. You both come over from France to Australia, and um, yeah, yeah. There you go. But he, no, he was, um, yeah. yeah, super nice guy. And it, it's the kind of thing where you know you see one image of these people, and he's on you know cooking shows and on TV, and um, you don't always get to hear that side. And and mm. I can't believe how many people were commenting to us, you know, saying. I see Manu differently now and I didn't I never knew that about him and I have even more respect for him now that I've learnt what he's been through and I think it, it's shown us how people are craving, you know, realism, um, information that that they're delivered. Yeah. Uh when it comes mm. to like comparing him, um yeah, I, I so I'm from France as well and I've been in Australia since for like the past six years. And I love it so much more here for a lot of different things in terms of like development for myself. It's really like a country where I feel like I have my place. Melbourne is where it's at. um, And that's a fact. (laughs) Um, And actually, like, I mean, just like regarding coming to Australia, one thing that I really uh, noticed and that really surprised me, and I've told you this before, is that in Australia, you guys have Are You Okay Day. And that is something that 
I'm sure in France we have something along the lines of like promoting mental health for a day, but it's it would be something very formal and just like something like, yeah, sure, it's there, but whatever. No one really pays attention to it. Whereas here, Are You Okay Day, it's, I don't know if it's like part of the culture or something, but it's something that it really is a, a day where everyone, almost everyone jumps on it to reach out on social media and to your friends and just actually asking, are you okay? And I've never seen that as, as much of a gimmick when people use it here. It's actually like, hey, um, you okay? Do you need something? Like, what's up? Mm. And and it's not just like asking, hey, how are you doing when you meet someone? It's actually asking, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought it's I thought it's like the greatest thing that how how present it is in this country. Yeah, I think Australia in mental health and awareness is really at the forefront of most countries. It's pretty amazing how many charities there are, how many awareness initiatives are done, how much conversation there is about it. It's a mm. really good thing. And I mean I've seen that when I've travelled overseas that in certain countries, you know, there's not as much of a push for that kind of thing and uh I guess that's again, you know, like we've talked about with this podcast as well. Like yeah. our goal with this is not just to make it Australia centric, but really be able to interview people from all over the world and eventually make this heard and known everywhere. So we can, you know, get these messages out to as many people as we can and make it as broad and diverse in, you know, who we talk to and who we interview so that that can have that impact. I think that's a, yeah. a really important thing about it as well, because this is a universal topic. I mean, you can't, be human and not have ups and downs with your your mental health it's like saying i'm never going to have a a physical problem in my life if you're living in the world you're going to have you know physical and mental problems in in some capacity so it's you know, it's relatable to everyone yeah i think i mean jumping on that i think everyone is aware that yeah we're going to face everyone is going to face things in their life when it comes to physical for me i know that like personally Oh, you know, like I always anticipated, you know, having things like, oh, like one day I might break my leg by accident or like I might have like I will get flu or cold or things like that. Hopefully not COVID, but yeah. yeah. Um, but when it comes to being prepared for facing issues mentally, like facing anxiety, the concept of anxiety and stress is really something that like I still feel is so recent to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as recent as working on this project with you, but... Uh, yeah, like accepting the fact that not everything is clear in my head. I I have fears and stuff and I have to acknowledge them without giving into them. That's something that all of these concepts are still so new to me. Yeah. And and it is thanks to projects like this and a more common talk about the subject that we can all accept that mental health issues are not just dramatic things like schizophrenia or alzheimer's or like you know like those like far extreme things that we only hear of in movies or things like that like oh like you know for example like in a blockbuster movie for example someone has a mental health problem that guy has either autism or is a psychopath or has schizophrenia yep it's either zero or hundred exactly whereas mental health is so much more than that where it's something that everyone could face issues with and it could come from like you know mild anxiety to actual problems but it's more of a spectrum than just like black or white and that's something that i've really learned recently yeah absolutely it's like there's no black and white with it and stress and anxiety are two of the biggest issues in the world now i mean they've always been a big issue but more than ever because the world's so fast-paced and 
you know, we're glued to screens 24-7 and got media and information thrown at us left, right and centre. So it's like, it's never ending, but um, mm-hmm. there's not enough education about that. And a lot of people that are suffering from anxiety will tell themselves, what's wrong with me? Why am I struggling? No one else is struggling. You know, I'm finding this so hard when the reality is most people are to some degree struggling with it. And I think in addition to that, the other stuff you're saying even like, that extreme thing when in the media they'll say, oh, you know, schizophrenia and all these different things. There's not enough education and there's still too much stigma around that even. It's like regardless of the mental health issue, people um, need to understand that it's like anything else. It's literally the same as I've got a broken arm, I've got to fix my arm, I've got whatever it is, some, you know, ill. Yeah, it it is much more reliable than we think it is it's much much more reliable than we think it is yeah and speaking of that i um i'm gonna be asking questions as well (laughs) on this not just you Uh, what do you think like what's one thing right now that gives you a lot of anxiety one thing what's like one thing what would you say like is a thing in particular or is it something in the news or something that you're facing with right now is there like something right now that personally gives you a lot of anxiety yeah this is good being interviewed um yeah (laughs) there There definitely is. Um, probably my biggest issue in general when it comes to mental health has always been probably overthinking and anxiety. And mm-hmm. right now, the biggest one would be um, trying to not feel overwhelmed with yeah. going back overseas, um, the work I do in acting, my business, et cetera, et cetera, managing relationships. Mm-hmm. So trying not to be overwhelmed with everything and what it probably boils down to is the same thing that's always been a problem for me which is you know taking things one step at a time rather than thinking 10 steps ahead so um i'd say that's probably the biggest thing that causes me anxiety at the moment whether it's covid or not um for me apart from being back from overseas hasn't really made it things any more difficult for me personally because i've um my entire adult life my entire career i've worked for myself and done my own projects and spent copious amounts of time alone and um you know been doing all Mm. these different things where i don't have certainty so when covid sort of happens for me i'm not in a traditional job or a normal you know i don't live a traditional life i guess um so it hasn't really changed things in that sense for me so it's probably more the you know general things that i get affected by that are are still there and i'm getting better at at dealing with but um yeah what about you what would you say for at the moment is there any particular thing for you that's been causing anxiety yeah there's very strong wind outside i can hear that you're you're just you're just thinking i'm gonna have to edit that out after (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah exactly that's my biggest issue is all the work that i'm gonna have to do on this (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh honestly i wish but no um i think at this moment actually in the in the past two weeks i have had to face a lot of things in terms of things that I need to be responsible for, things that in, that I have control over and things that I don't have control over, really like dissociating what I have control over and what I don't have control over. Mm-hmm. I miss my family and friends a lot because I haven't seen, like I haven't been with them in three years and a half. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's a lot of small things that are stressful. But one thing that I do know, and I'm happy to share with that with you is one of the mantras that I have when it comes to realizing there's something that's really like um, stressing me out is I repeat to myself, nothing's permanent, everything is temporary. Mm-hmm. Or everything is temporary, nothing's permanent, whichever order you want. 
And that is something that I've been able to apply to so many things because it, it's, it's very, very true, honestly. Completely. Nothing's permanent. Absolutely nothing's permanent. Yeah. Things that you could be stressed and scared of, if you take care of them, granted you take care of them, they will be gone. It's going to be something that's going to be painful or fear-inducing or, or a lot of things. But then when you take care of them, then they'll be gone. And that'll be the you have to look forward to the amazing feeling of that thing being gone. Yeah, and like that's true, isn't it? Like nothing, even life's not permanent. So um, no, we yeah. and we don't. It's a scary thing to think about, but I think that's why when a pandemic happens and there's such uncertainty, um, we're not normally conditioned to deal with it because we're not willing to accept realities of life that nothing's permanent we get attached to things and um Mm. you know we we a lot of the time place our value in external things rather than just trying to be present and enjoy what we're doing and um it definitely helps and it's a hard thing to get your head around i guess and there's so much comfort in you know just like wanting to have regularity in your life and not Mm -hmm. have changes stability stability Stability. i I mean for me at least it's like having stability in your life is the most important thing for me yeah exactly and change is hard as well like um none mm. of us would actually we're, we're conditioned to not to naturally want to avoid change because that's like fight or flight and it you, yeah. know, you know um but it's actually healthy to change it's healthy to have change happening if we can embrace it and not let it get the better of ourselves and like yeah. you said accepting that that's that's part of life mm. uh yeah no you're 100 right once we were put in touch to work on this project Let's talk a little bit about like the process that got us to like literally full on launching this podcast, because for a long time, we, you and I were working on this without a lot of promises regarding sponsorship and a platform to distribute it on. Mm-hmm. We knew that we wanted to work on something that you, you, sorry, you in particular knew that you wanted to work on a talk show where you were talking to people and listening to their stories and their science as well. Uh, things that are very factual and you wanted to find a platform to distribute it and that platforms were that platform was podcasts mm, absolutely yeah it's something i wanted to do for a long time and um i guess i'd thought about it with especially with the work i've been doing where i've been doing public speaking for 10 years traveling around talking at companies creating mm. programs I don't know, it's just, it's a fun thing to do and it's amazing with technology that you can do it. But yeah, that's what we found, you know, this is the most efficient way to do it, just to be able to interview people. And yeah. and that was why it was important that, you know, we got in touch as well and were able to sort of complement each other on, on working on this and, you know, combine resources, I guess, to be able to really put it together and, yeah. and get this out in a way that hopefully, well, as we've seen, you know, we've had been hearing amazing things about people's experience and how they've interacted with the show and you know, the quality and the delivery of the show as well. And um, Mm. I guess that's been because both of us spent the time to really discuss, we don't want to just make a show and, you know, chuck it out there. We want to look at how can we actually make a quality talk show, you know, have proper production values, have proper really good content and have it so it can genuinely help people um, in the content and just in the experience of how they, you know, listen to it. And um, I think that's been yeah. a really important part of it because it's like anything, you know, anyone can start a podcast and there's so many of them. Anyone can start mm. a business. Anyone, you know, we've got the tools to do a lot of things, but then um, I think it's so important that you try and do things 
properly um, if you want them to last and if you want them to actually have an impact on people? Yeah, it, it, it did take a lot of like preparation prior to launch. I think, yeah, like literally the, the launching of the podcast was more than halfway through the time that we spent working on this. Um, I, I think one thing that was really awesome is how many interviews we managed to record before we even secured anything else, including the platform to distribute it on mm. and um, John Holland as a sponsor. Uh, hi, John Holland. <laughs> that's where like the networking part for you was really really helpful F- for me like starting working on this project i had never like you know fully launched myself into something like that because uh before that like all the jobs that i had were jobs where i was hired to do something and i had a superior there was never a lot of clear communication and that's why it was really amazing mm. with this and i and i mean i'm, I'm telling this for anyone who, who listens communication between work peers and superiors, transparency is really what's going to get a work project going because that's what I think was one of the big strengths of working with you was how all of this was done in more of a collaborative manner than an actual like hierarchy. Hierarchy? How do you say that word? Hierarchy? Um, Hierarchy, yeah. Hierarchy. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, But yeah, that I think when you see things on the same level with people, that's where like you can really make magic. And of course, yeah, being finding joy in what you do is also like a big part of it. And um, Mm. yeah, there was a lot of times, you know, where like it was it was hard to find motivation to work on this, especially with everything going on in the world. But at the same time, like for me, changing the perspective from that to something where it was a hobby that I had where I could finally apply it to a work project. Mm. That was like the best part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it feels like it's almost years ago now because we've done so much since we launched it. But, um, yeah, you know, I think I was a bit naive as well at the beginning about what goes into a podcast. And I thought, oh, no, I can just, you know, chat and randomly with mm-hmm. someone and we'll whack it together. And oh, know, if very only. quickly learned. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Very quickly learnt the process, and you know that's and, and that's, you know, running a podcast is like running a business. It's a, it is a business. Yeah, it's like it is to do these things properly. It's not simple. You know, you there's yeah. lots of elements to it. You know, we've got to find guests, prepare the interviews, uh, record the interviews, edit them, produce them, distribute them, get more listeners, make sure mm-hmm. we're getting the right messaging. It's um it's a big process. So for me, it's been I've enjoyed learning um. You know, because I've sort of always been doing public speaking, but I've enjoyed learning the skill um, to become an interviewer because I'm I'm enjoying that process because I've spent so much time in my career where I'm talking about myself. <laughs> um, yeah, which I'm sick of myself. You know, out sharing my story, and you get I'm like I'm bored of it. I've done ten years of telling my story. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do get sick of talking about yourself. So it's like so good to be able to interview other people. I'm really enjoying learning learning that skill. That's been a great thing for me. Yeah. Um, one thing that I can say you do when I go over like the recordings is that you're able to just like make the guest story relatable to your own experience, but also like to other people's experiences because we are all different. We all have like different levels of life and everything else. And um, yeah, it's it's awesome when you're able to just like make something relatable to the person who listens to it. So they're actually part of the conversation and not just something that's out of reach for them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's been, you know, you've helped me a lot with that, where at the beginning, I think I was sort of grasping that and I was more just talking very much about my own 
you know, too much about my own personal experiences rather than using that to make it relatable, um, which is a fine line of how you do that. And yeah, um, <laughs> uh, so, so something yeah. that I do very often is that like, yeah, literally sometimes like I can be, I can be working on the recording and that applies to you, but also applies to a lot of guests that we've had where I will yell at my screen being like, stop doing that. <laughs> like, you know, for yeah. example, like stop walking away from the microphone. Cause like a lot of guests, like they, they know the microphone is on, but they don't know that like the distance you have from the microphone matters a lot. Uh, yep, and yep, then yep. like, I will be spending like, you know, a lot of time just like rearranging the volume of everything. And yeah, like sometimes I can be literally just like, ah, just, just do that. <laughs> but then, yeah. But going back to the work environment that we have, I can literally just send you a text being like, hey, just so you know, uh, next time, make sure that um, there's not much repetition of that word or um, you're not popping too many sounds on the microphone. And that's taken care of. And that's awesome. That's really, really good. And I've got this new microphone now. So, you know, hopefully that's helping. This microphone was a journey <laughs> to finally get the good one. <laughs> Let me tell you. It actually was. <laughs> Who, who would have thought that it would take, you know, two months or three months or something to get a microphone, but three when months. you're in the middle of a pandemic, when you're in a lockdown, um, it makes it hard. So but I mean, if, very, only, if, yeah. if only it was just like delays because of COVID, but no, it was actually finding the right one. And then when you thought you had the right one, turns out it was not the good one. Uh, it was horrible quality and we had to like chase another one. That was... Uh, <laughs> And lucky that I've got friends in, you know, film and TV production that um, my friend Anthony Littlechild, I'll give him a little mention mm-hmm. here because he's... Um, oh, is, is that the friend that let you have that use his microphone for all this time? Yeah. So Ant, I'll, I'll say to Anthony, thank you very much for that, mate. Um, thank you, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had it for probably three months, so if I was paying him his normal, you know, rental price for that, um, <laughs> I would have racked up a bill probably three times the cost of the actual microphone itself. So, luckily, because of the pandemic, he, you know, hasn't been hiring this stuff out, but he's been nice enough to um, to lend it. So, uh, yeah, now that I've got my own one, we're good. Something that I can say has been really good to discover is how much you can you really can just like ask for support to your friends and your entourage, whether it's your family or your neighbors or friends around you cherishing and not taking those things for granted really helps making sure that you are given the resources that you need. For example, you with that microphone for me, I live in a house complex, so it's just like, you know, like dozens of houses that are and look the same and we're all close from each other and we all share the same parking lot and having those people, I can say that having those people, this whole time was really the best thing that I could ask for. And I'm to this day, I'm so, so, so thankful I have them because we were able to just like, you know, if we need something, we can just go to their house and grab it. Yeah, we had neighbors and they were friendly and nice. And they are some of the best, they are some of the best friends that I've made since I've been in Melbourne, having the people that I live around with. Mm. Cause we all love the same things. We all talk about the same things. We watch the same TV shows. Which is so important. Yeah. Oh, it really, really is. And I know that a lot of people have this, especially in lockdown. So that's why I'm very thankful. And I think it's very, very important to not take those things for granted. So then you can appreciate them more when they come in handy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and it shows you how important it is having friends and people around you. And I think that's been a thing with this pandemic, um, they have been very strict about, um, you know, lockdowns and doing, trying to lower the case numbers, which is important, but, um, 
I think it's probably been forgotten about a little bit of how much that affects people's mental health, you know. Um, God, it does. Well, humans are social creatures and we need to be connected and part of communities and that's been removed and it's had a profoundly negative effect on people's mental well-being and there has to be ways that we can stay connected around that because it's just, it's not good for people. So it's a, I think people need to be acknowledging and they are, I guess, how bad that can be for our health and how we can try and support each other through it. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to ask you those questions that you ask each guest now. Ah, good. There you go. I've I decided I'm going to do that, yeah. And you know what? This is good because you get me on the spot. Even though I've asked them so many times, I've never thought that I'd have to answer them. So I don't have any prepared answers yeah. here. So I'm, I'm actually interested to see. I'm actually not ready either. And I know that I've thought about this many times, but I don't even have an answer ready for any of those. So um, that's oh, there you go. I'll, so I'll ask them back to you after. I also need to check if I remember them. Hold on. <laughs> um otherwise i can find them somewhere i've got them no no, no, no. hold on I, it's it's my job to remember those yeah um okay I, I remember them but i don't think they're going to be in order we'll see how that goes um sure what is one of your best childhood memories yeah so that one for me would definitely be which i still love doing now um going down to our holiday house with the family um just sort of driving along that we've got a holiday house at Y river which is past lawn along the great ocean road um and we would we've had a place there since i was a kid we've actually got a new place now just across from the original one but we've sort of grew up going on family trips there you know all the time and Mm -hmm. just getting in the car with the family once you get past geelong being on the great ocean road along the water along cliff tops and and you know the excitement of knowing that I was going down there and just, you know, being at this holiday house, that it's so beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful parts of the world. And, um, you know, when I'm overseas, that's one of the things I miss the most as well, just how that's awesome. how beautiful it is. So, yeah, that, that would be the problem. I mean, there's a few other really good ones, but that would probably be the number one. Cool. So what about you? Um, for me, and yeah, again, I haven't thought of any of those. I, I've only been thinking of my answer while you were giving yours, but I... Uh, I used to spend every summer of my life until I was 18 in Portugal. Every year we would go to Portugal for a month, rent a small house by the beach for two weeks in the small villages where all the houses looked the same. It was beautiful. And during those two weeks, the schedule every day was going to the beach all day long, exhaust ourselves swimming and just like playing in the sand, and then drive back to the village where we would have the best portuguese chicken you could ever dream of like i know it's a big thing in australia to have like portuguese chicken but you guys are trying and still not making it as good as that one restaurant that was in the middle of nowhere Mm. like we were being so taken care of so yeah my one of the best childhood memories i have is that portuguese chicken and french fries from that small restaurant in the middle of nowhere because it was just the best it was actually the best i love that yeah that's that's really good yeah i love it yeah um Next question. Let's see. Um, what do you think right now is the biggest burden on mental health? Um, yeah. So, and I've heard so many answers to this question that have resonated with me, but yeah, I would have to say, and I watched the social dilemma documentary on Netflix recently. I mean, it's, it's depressing, but I think it's worth watching and, and they're interviewing, um, people that you know were high up at Twitter, at Facebook, at all these different huge social media platforms that actually helped create things like um, 
maybe the like button or different things. I can't remember. But these people that were in them and they're now saying this is bad beyond belief and, you know, it goes into detail. So it is depressing, but I really do think social media is probably Mm. the biggest burden because it's scary. And look at what's happened now with um, propaganda and just all the fake Mm. media out there, the misinformation it's 24 7 we don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore yeah and we're just overexposed and i just think it's um until it can become regulated or something can change with it i think it's going to be a really really big problem and our brains aren't built to deal with that so yeah so my question would be um what about you real quick for what you said i think a lot of people hearing your answer will absolutely agree that especially like you know things like fake news and misinformation is extremely big now That's why I really encourage anyone to just like when you find something, whether you have doubts about it or not, find the sources of what that article is saying, whether like no matter where it's from, find who exactly said it and when and make sure that you're able to double check from another source or a third source or something what you find and what you think is true, because that's when you'll be able to really back up what you say and what you mean. And when you spread that news then to your friends or other people on the internet, it's it's a role of everyone, I think, to make sure that fake news has a minimal damage on what we see every day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was a PSA for everyone. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Um, <laughs> now, my answer is the perception that we have of it and also the perception of others who we know are facing issues with mental health. Um, Mm. Learning about mental health in general would be so much helpful and uh, knowing that it's not just things are in black and white. It's either you have mental health issues or you're um, clear as water. It's not like that. It will never be and never was. So yeah, that's like just a perception that we have of it, of mental health itself and the people who have mental health themselves, the perception of that. That's it. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Next question. Um, hold on. because <laughs> Yeah, you've done them in the right order so far. So um, I have. Well, do, it's only two, well but there. yeah. Um, <laughs> hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. Do you think... Oh, where do you see mental health in 10 years from now in society? Uh, so in 10 years' time, I I see things improving dramatically but I also see some really negative things. So I see a bit of both. I see, I think it's amazing. And COVID has actually been a big part of this because of COVID and because of the disruption it's done to our mental well-being. People have not had no choice but to talk about mental health and people that would never normally talk about it because so many people have suffered. And I think even though that's a negative thing, the positive out of that is people are talking about it. There's more awareness, there's more acceptance. And I think that's going to continue dramatically. I think also there's going to be a lot more resource put into educating and providing people with programs and facilities to actually deal with their problems. Um, that's my answer. What what would be your view? It's crazy how, yeah, literally, like I said, I have listened to so many people answering that question, but I never really thought about <laughs> mine. But I would say even now, I think in the future, mental health would be much more accepted as a common subject, as a common topic. And in my head, when I witness like um, already the amount of things that are done by personalities or programs or things related to the government about mental health, I feel like they all share the same vocabulary about it. And I 
personally don't know how effective that vocabulary is because I see a lot of effort, but I don't see a lot of, I think there's a big disparity between the amount of effort that's put into it today and the amount of like reward that it gives. Yeah. And so I think mental health would be a much more accepted thing and it's going to be so much better in the future if we really find the proper way to handle it and the proper way to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's a really good answer. And, and I think that's a big part of like part of what you're saying is something I think about and see a lot where even if we talk about it more, we need practical solutions, not just to say, you know, yeah. this is a problem and, you know, scream it from the rooftops. Mm. That's great. You know, that's part of it. But if we can't actually help people, if people don't have the ability to get the help they need, then the problem won't go away. And there's a lot of solutions for people that are suffering and are already in pain to put it as like putting a bandaid over it. But how do you actually yeah. help get to the core of the problem? You could be hammering the same sentences to someone that still doesn't mean they're going to hear it just as much you know what i mean exactly it's how you properly like induce that yeah i think the way you handle it because i see for, for myself for example the fact that i was able to learn by myself english learn english by myself <laughs> sorry that was bad um i always try to think of ways i say things to make them understandable by people Sometimes I really like, you know, keep track of something that is said that does not come across. Mm -hmm. How can I work on that? Whether I said it or whether someone else said it, how do I twist that and work on that to improve it and make it so the person who receives what I say really gets it and really understands exactly what I mean when I say something? Absolutely. And and by the way, you know, you speak English incredibly well and that's your, your second Thanks. language. You speak it like your first and, you know, I, I speak one one language and i yeah. sometimes don't even speak english that well so um <laughs> I, I think you. it's pretty good you know it's like it's yeah and, and and that's another mental health thing being you know um giving ourselves credit for things like that you know it's like we often mm. just when it's something we do ourselves we often just tell ourselves oh whatever you know what's next i need oh. to now do oh. the next thing you know it's pride is so underrated People, like, there's such a stigma on pride because you associate it automatically with vanity. But, mm -hmm. God, do you know how good it feels to really embrace the things that you do well? I am so, so, so proud of myself for learning English and, and being able to, like, speak it so well. And when you're proud of something, if you're not rubbing it in people's faces in a I'm better than you way, you can be as proud as you want about whatever you want. I made the best chocolate cake last week. I read this whole book from start to finish. Being proud of yourself for that, that's like that's also like the big key to loving yourself. Like I absolutely love myself for a lot of things. <laughs> that's I, great. Uh, no, that's yeah. so beautiful. But that's important, yeah. Um yeah. I think Australian society, one of the problems is there's a lot of tall poppy syndrome where and I agree with you, don't not saying it in, you know, trying to rub it into people, but saying, you know, what I'm like so proud of myself for this or mm. uh, you know, showing passion. A lot of the time in Australia, mm. people see that as arrogance and they, encourage, you know, they try and push people down where mm. we should all be saying, you know, talking about how great we are and how amazing mm. we're doing because that's, we should be, we're, that's unhealthy to be just saying we're not good enough all the time. We should yeah. all have more self-love. Everything that you do towards yourself, as long as it does not affect other people negatively, there's nothing wrong with it. Exactly right. Period. Yep. Pride, um, giving, like gifting things to yourself. Um, yeah, so many things. Like if they don't affect others, 
in a negative way, there's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So that was three questions, wasn't it? You've got them all in perfect order so far. And <laughs> and you also have already said what the final one is. So Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I've got uh, one missing. Uh, hold on, hold on. Um, best childhood memory, uh, mental health in 10 years, biggest burden about mental health. I know the last one. What's the, what's the fourth one again? So the fifth one. Oh, the fourth one. What's the fourth yeah. one? Um, oh, wait. I remember it by myself. No one told me. Nick, there you go. What's yeah. the, <laughs> the magic of editing. Um, what is your personal definition of happiness? So I've had some really good answers to this as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. And I love hearing them actually because it's the thing is, and I, the reason I wanted to put this question in there and having it as happiness is the word happiness is the wrong incentive that we put in front of people. It's saying we need to be happy. We need to be happy. But we, what we mean by happy is often being excited and, you know, making a lot of money, having something amazing happen, you know, being on a high, which is not happiness. So I think the word happiness has been taught in the wrong way to be happy should be to be at peace and be, you know, just um, calm and, and have purpose and have meaning and, you know, just be, okay with the ups and downs in life so for me happiness would be at peace with who i am and what i'm doing in life and loving the process of what i'm doing rather than the outcome of it and and just feeling like i'm able to you know help people and do things that have huge meaning to me that aren't reliant on whether there's ups or downs or any measurement like that being more very personal about why i'm doing it rather than doing it for someone else Hmm. that's yeah. what i would say yeah. yeah what would you say a, a lot of people see happiness or define happiness as like an amazing feeling that is added on top of your normal self you know what i mean like you go from zero and then like you go upwards and that's like, everything upwards is happiness it's those good feelings yeah currently in my current situation i see happiness as a lack of negative things does that make sense you know what i mean like i see happiness as a lack of worry a lack of fear a lack of stress and that blissfulness of knowing that everything is okay yeah yeah that yeah. does make sense that's that's my uh, that's my definition of happiness but i know that I, I feel like depending on what goes on in the future where things will be i think my definition of happiness will change over time but uh, yeah for now that's what it is yeah definitely definitely mm. um so we've got one left yeah one final, final one and uh what is the most courageous thing that you've done which by the way i'm gonna say this now that is a huge question to ask people <laughs> it is a big one i don't know if it's yeah, yeah no, no 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 i mean like it's good it feels so heavy though it's like a confronting I, I, one. I, I do want to acknowledge to people listening that this is a very heavy question and we're not expecting a full-on like i saved someone's life from a like a broken bridge or a bridge on fire um i think some of the guests have sort of probably the mental health experts that I've asked, they think, mm. oh, that's, you know, it shouldn't be trying to teach people that we have to do something amazing to, yeah. um, but that's not the point of it. The point, I guess what we mean by this question is on a personal level for you, what's something you're proud of? Maybe that should, would even be a better way of phrasing it, but I, I think so. I think so actually. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah, if you go back to what we said, about, what we just said about pride. Um, yeah, it, it, it does go back to that. Honestly, when you ask them what's the most courageous, it's what they think is courageous, which is pride in itself. So 
yeah, we should probably yeah. change that. Maybe we could change <laughs> we can change that one to proud. But anyway, let I'll, us know in the comments. <laughs> exactly, we'll we'll let people decide whether they want us to change it. But yeah. anyway, for me, most courageous thing I've ever done. Um, there's a few of them, and there's been. I mean, it's continual, I guess, and that's probably the beautiful thing and the burden of trying to you know follow your dreams and you know what it's like to move overseas and try and run your own business and do acting it's all you have to mm. confront full-on stressful things all the time but for me the most courageous thing would be when I really was off the rails and in a bad way and not coping um, I was suffering from severe social anxiety uh, I had to pull myself you know out of it and I had a lot of help as well doing that and when I went back to university um, I was about to pull out of this course and because we had to do public speaking in front of like five people, small groups. Mm. But my most fearful thing was, which I've talked about on this, um, talking in front of people, even in one front of one person. But because I had been off the rails for so long, I knew I had to do something. So for me, the most courageous thing was sticking to that, doing these talks in front of five people when I was vomiting before I'd go out there and do it. Yeah. Um, because at that time, uh, there was nothing more terrifying for me. And by doing that, I taught myself that you can confront fears and you can grow through that. And it, it changed the complete course of my life. So that was sort of at that point in time, definitely the, for me, the most courageous thing that, that I've ever done. What about you? Uh, it's not like one example. I've said that earlier, but these past two weeks, there's been a lot of things that over the past year, I've let snowball because I was not courageous enough to affront them, to face them. And um, and because like letting something snowball never ends well, I've had to face them in the past couple of weeks. That And that applies to a couple of things that I have to take care of now. And um, the humility of accepting that I didn't do those things right and I need to now right the wrong it's something that I actually think is courageous because for such a long time I was playing, you know, like the ostrich shoving my head in the sand. And now there's no more sand to shove my head in. So I have to face those things and it's difficult, but um, I'm doing them. And I think that's courageous somehow. Oh, not, not somehow. I think it it 100% is courageous. And um, you're dead right in saying when we don't confront things, I actually compound and get worse and worse because mm. in the back of our mind we know we've got all these things to deal with so until we face things head on it just gets worse and it's it's a hard yeah. thing to do but it's... and uh, and i have to add to that it is really thanks to talking it is really thanks to like the people that i have around me including my family including my parents including my neighbors including my housemate mm. It is thanks to those people and their support, whether it's like morally or anything else that I'm able to like take care of those things now, because on my own, I would not have, I wouldn't even have done them at all. Yeah. I would still be literally in denial because that's what it is. It was denial. Yeah. I mean, none of us can do anything without the support Mm. of other people. And it's so important. I talk about that so much when, you know, in the awareness work that I do, you know, how we have to have we need really good quality people around us that we can tell anything that can support us unconditionally. And that goes a long way. So, yeah. So yeah, thank you for asking these and I'm glad that we both <laughs> did it. It's, um, it's interesting to ask them. And I think, you know, it was good. It gives me another yeah. perspective on those questions. So it sure does. I think from now on we'll, uh, we'll change that last question to what's the thing that you're the most proud of. I think it's better. What's the thing that you're most proud of? It doesn't sound as dramatic. 
I think. Exactly. Yeah. And people will be yep. more inclined to answer it properly. I think it's a good one. Yeah. So I've got a plug for you. Yeah. What is it? Anyone listening to this, and this is not me <laughs> being biased. Yeah. No, this is not me just being biased here. I know exactly what um, you're going to say. Yeah. So Tim legitimately is exceptional at what he does. He, you know, doesn't, he's amazing quality, you know, with all the production work he does. And anyone listening, if you're wanting production editing work, whether it's on a podcast, a video, an audio file program, whatever it is, anything in that realm, uh, definitely contact him because he's very good at what he does. You, you know, no, you won't be dissatisfied. So I'd say Thank you. they should contact you. What's the best way, how, what's the best way you'd like them to contact you? If- um, I mean, there's very, very kind of you to plug that in. I didn't, I didn't even think of that and I should have. No, well, it, it's uh, important though, because it's, yeah. it's true. You know, that's the reality. Thank you. Like, Thank you. Um, people can reach out to me on Tim at nickbrax.com. Uh, I don't even know. Should I give my phone number on this or not? Um, Maybe not the phone. Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? You you could. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, you can ask for my phone number on my email address. I'll just leave it at that. But um, That's better. That's yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. Ask for my phone number and more contact details on my email address, which is tim at nickbrax.com. And uh, yeah. So send him an email and uh, you won't be dissatisfied. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't seriously. regret it. Yeah. You won't regret it. Um, uh, awesome. Oh, well, that's been good. I've enjoyed chatting about this and it's been yeah, that was um, nice. <laughs> just as another, we should do these as regular check-ins about, yeah, you know, what we've happened. Yeah. Who we've interviewed and all that kind of thing. So yeah, you know where to find me. So yeah, go ahead. No worries. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. yeah. Thanks for the time. And um, yeah, sweet. Chat soon then. Thank you as well. Been, been yeah. great chatting. Awesome. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye. laughs>